재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Last month, a Russian passenger jet crashed in the Sinai Peninsula, killing all 224 passengers and crew members, marking the deadliest incident in the history of Russian aviation. Although uh, Russian airplanes are known to be notoriously uh, fraught and uh, at a high risk for accidents, uh, there have been some disturbing clues that this particular crash may have been the result of foul play. Now, we're going to try to get some analysis on the ramifications of this. We have joining us a retired Colonel Paul Beaver. He's a security analyst and CEO at Beaver Westminster Limited from the UK on the line. Hello. Uh, good morning or good evening to you. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, Colonel Beaver. First of all, uh, what evidence do we have so far that indicates that this may have been a, a bomb as far as the the cause of this crash? I, I suppose we have what you would call very good Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. uh, deduction. Um, if you have an air crash, there are usually five or six reasons why an airplane falls out of the sky. As you start to eliminate them, um, you come up with, uh, with with what the cause was. And so we know it wasn't a missile. Um, we know now that the engines seem to be functioning properly. We know that the aircraft was structurally um, uh, sound. We know that the air crew were properly licensed and efficient at what we're doing, um, which leads us to believe that it, there's an explosion caused by a device or some other s- substance or system or something um, placed in the airplane. So what you actually have now is circumstantial evidence Hmm. which all points towards it being um, a bomb on the aeroplane which detonated when the aircraft got to its cruising height at about 31,000 feet. Now almost from the outset uh, ISIS has claimed responsibility for this incident. Do we take their claims with a grain of salt? Uh, Perhaps it's more of a PR stunt by them or do we believe that they may be indeed uh, the perpetrators in this crash? Well I think that we what we do is we look at the evidence and we say everything at the moment points to terrorist action, um, so criminal action. Um, whether it's, um, it's ISIS or Daesh, as it's known in the region, or an affiliate group or somebody linked to them, um, seems to now hang on what are called intercepts. In other words, listening into the radio and telephone communications of known terrorists, which seems to indicate that a group in Sinai um, we're talking to a group in, in Raqqa, um, in, uh, uh, in Syria, the headquarters of, of uh, the so-called ISIS organization, and that they, uh, between them, uh, the conversation seems to indicate uh, that there was some uh, responsibility there by a terrorist group, not necessarily um, ISIS, but one linked to it and affiliate. We've, we're in a new paradigm now where people pick up the the modus operandi of groups and use that mm. as their way to, um, uh, uh, if you like, their way to to um, uh, to operate. They're not necessarily part of any terrorist group. They just happen to be uh, part of uh, of a movement rather than a group. Is it possible, first of all, as far as any so-called smoking gun? or even definitively with the intercepts that you've mentioned, that we may never get to the bottom of this? Oh, I, I expect us to get firmly to the bottom of this as soon as the flight data recorder and the cockpit voice recorder um, have been fully analyzed. 
Um, I think that once the wreckage has been fully analysed, the problem is, of course, it's in the Sinai Desert. Um, it's spread over about 10 square miles. It's a huge area. Um, and obviously there are there's a lot of work to be done. It usually takes between one and two years mm. to get a good indication of what actually uh, happened to um, uh, to an aeroplane in this situation. But I would imagine that within days we will be having an initial um, board of, uh, of inquiry report. Um, if it was a, a Western airliner, a European Union airliner, or a North American airliner, uh, we would expect it within two weeks. So I do think that sometime this week we'll have a much better indication um, as to exactly what uh, what was happening uh, on board that aircraft in the minutes before it fell from the sky. Right, and as far as Russia is concerned, uh, they have recently decided to suspend flights to that area. There has been a lot of uh, controversy, of course, with their engagement within Syria, uh, protecting, I suppose, their interests, which may not be the same interests shared by Europe and and the United States. How does that, do you feel, this particular incident uh, change the dynamics of what's going on in Syria right now? I don't think it changes the dynamics of, of Syria. I think this incident instead changes the dynamics of Russian foreign, poli Russian foreign policy. I think from where we are um, uh, at the moment, it does indicate to me uh, that we're in a situation where the, uh, the Russians, for the first time in some years, have been wrong-footed in their foreign policy. So um, they were one of the first countries to come in and support uh, Egypt when President Sisi was elected. Um, they have made it a major place for um, uh, tourism. Mm. Um, they are supplying arms to the Egyptian government there. Um, it's back in the, like in the days of uh, President Nasser, um, uh, President Mubarak, when, uh, when Russia was the main arms supplier. Mm. So we have a, Russia has a huge stake in, in what's going on. It also has, of course, a, a huge loss of face if it's proved that this was a bomb that got through Russian security or if it's proved that the airliner was in some way um, uh, incapable of flying, it was non-airworthy, um, that then well, that is also a loss of face for them. And, of course, it's a huge loss of face for the Egyptians if a bomb had been smuggled onto the aeroplane. Does it change as well in turn uh, the United States and uh, their allies in terms of what they're trying to do in Syria and the rest of that region? Oh, I think there's no doubt at all that um, uh, the Western powers and the American-led coalition um, is uh, a waiting to see what, what comes out of this. Is, is this a new paradigm? Um, is this Russia being punished by ISIS for its military operations in Syria. Uh, where are we with this? Where is it going? Uh, I think are all questions that um, from the, uh, the Western perspective, the yeah. American-led coalition perspective, everybody is waiting to see. Uh, and it's too early to judge yet right. uh, just what effect it might have. And finally, of course, this incident taking place on Egyptian soil. You mentioned the recent elections. Uh, so social Upheaval. It, it, it is a country that has gone through quite a bit politically. Um, what do you think the situation there will be like going forward? Well, Egypt's a, a country which has divided into uh, into several parts of the, the Nile da uh, Delta, the area around Cairo, um, uh, on that side of the Gulf of Suez. Um, we have a, a, a country which is upheaval, which is 
quite modernised in its way. I mean, it's uh, the University of Cairo is an, out, is an outstanding education establishment, um, which if you do anything to do with the, uh, the Arab world, either the, the language or the culture, mm. um, you need to go to that to uh, at least do one course at that university. I mean, it's a, um, Cairo is a, a you know, it, it's, it's 3,000 years old. It's an amazing place. Right. Um, Sinai is quite different. It's a huge area. Um, and it's very tribal. Um, it's an ungoverned space in the middle. Um, it has a border, of course, with Gaza. It has a border with uh, with Israel. Um, it's it's a difficult place. Um, so um, it's not so much um, civil unrest as uh, is it a, a place where um, terrorist groups can hide and then infiltrate either in, into Palestine um, or through into Jordan and to hmm. Syria. Um, it, it's an important place. Um, we cannot um, ignore Egypt. That's why uh, Egypt's president was in London um, just last week. So um, the, the British in particular are, are keen to maintain good relations with Egypt because it is such an important place. Right. Well, we are going to have to leave it there, but thank you so much for helping us understand the situation better, Colonel Beaver. My great pleasure, and good evening to everyone in Korea. Thank you. That was security analyst and CEO of Beaver Westminster Limited, Colonel Paul Beaver. Let's turn now to Seoul City News.